0: And I am going to tell you about a couple of the shows on the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. As many of you out there might know, I am one of the founders of this network. And everybody joined together to help support one another. So what we've been doing over the past few weeks is doing a read about a few of the episodes. So in this episode, I'm going to drop one here at the beginning and one at the end. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the Metal Sucks Podcast which is the premier podcast in the metal community. Every episode features an interview with a member of a well-known band with recent guests, including members of Between the Buried and Me, The Black Dahlia Murder, I Hate God, Rail Thunder, and more. Tune in every Monday for a new episode featuring co-hosts Brandon and Pete's insight on the latest metal news and gossip, comedy sketches, and more. The Metal Sucks Podcast, which can be found at JabberjawMedia.com.
1: Welcome to episode 21 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. Yes, the struggle is real, my friends, but let us help you uncover some of the mystery that is this challenging business of rock and roll. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and I am excited to be here today. As always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, a record label owner, fellow artist manager, and Rock on the Ranger, Mr. Mike Mowry.
0: Yeah, baby. And the only thing that I'm bummed about at Rock on the Range is I had to leave before you got there.
1: (laughs) Well, and uh, you had to endure the uh, countless delays and rainstorms, though.
0: That is true, but I will say... I've got to commend the guys, you know, Danny Wimmer presents and his crew on the Friday. So for all of you out there in loyal listener land, Rock on the Range is a 3-day pretty awesome festival that took place in Columbus, Ohio, and on the Friday, which was the first day I was there, uh there was a massive delay due to lightning and then an incredible rain and thunderstorm. And I've got to give it to those guys cuz, you know, Where they had so many of the industry people, all of the catering and kind of the artist lounge or whatever was in tents. But because of the threat of the storm, no one could actually be in those tents. And so we were all sort of stuck in this corridor and before it started raining it was all good because there was a lot of room but once it started raining most of it was underneath bleachers because we're in a stadium and so the water started pouring through the bleachers and so we all were kind of confined in this one area but you know they did such a great job they brought in you know it took a while but they brought in a ton of pizza they made sure everybody had water. And I got to say, you know, on the industry side, I'm just so impressed that they had the forethought to actually even think or care about, you know, chumps like me. You know, I'd be worried about the artists and all of that. So I just got to get that in there for
1: them. We rolled in on Sunday, so the last day, knowing about all of the shit that went down on Friday and Saturday, you know. And we rolled in there around 10, 10.30 a.m., and it was pouring rain, and, and I'm like, today is not happening. like it's not going down and then it stopped it dried up and wasn't blue skies but it was like a solid gray throughout the day right and i ran into uh the guys uh, danny and and gary and and he's like yeah man it's looking like it might open up again like around like eight or nine or whatever i go what does that mean like is metallica you know gonna not play or you know he's like fuck that Like, there's no way these dudes are not playing. Like, there will be a riot. Like, he's like, they're playing no matter what or whatever. And what's interesting is what happened is it was a torrential downpour right before Metallica was supposed to play. But, you know, they toughed it out and they ended up
0: playing. And it was rad. Again, as I get older, I get a little bit of perspective. You know, they've got to make that executive call. Those dudes don't want the show to stop. They're only evacuating people. And and on Friday, you know, they, they evacuated an entire stadium worth of people in the two side stages, you know, because they don't want somebody to get struck by lightning. I have to appreciate that. And, you know, they made it work. My understanding is only a few bands didn't get to play, and I don't know if that was by choice or by schedule, but ended up watching a lot of great bands, got to see Gojira close out, you know, that Friday night. And so, you know, no complaints. It was a really, really great run. And again, you know, my only complaint is I didn't get to see you. I wasn't able to stick around till Sunday.
1: Eh, no problem. Moving on the last episodes were a two-part series where we covered the very big topic of how to break big and become famous. They were fun episodes so check them out if you haven't already. This week I thought it would be fun to chat about band names, specifically how to find a great one. This is going to be killer so let's get
0: mental. So Mike, what's new in your world? Well, you know, other than uh, having a great time at Rock on the Range, just getting the hustle on, summer is here, you know, juggling all that we juggle in a really good way, really excited about some of the releases that are coming up on O-Loop Label, you know, and some of the stuff that's happening in the management realm. So, you know, just, just feeling good about everything. What about yourself? You're out on the road, aren't you?
1: I am on tour right now with uh, Zach Sabbath. We just kind of started our tour. We had a couple of shows in New York, did a couple festivals, Rock on the Range being one of them. We played in uh, Asheville, North Carolina last night. And then um, today we have a day off and we were going to stay at the uh, Hard Rock Hotel in Biloxi, but they didn't want us. So fuck you, uh, Hard Rock Biloxi. Uh, we're now at uh, the Double Tree. And we got chocolate chip cookies, and we're super stoked. So there always, you go.
0: Always makes me think of that Mitch Hedberg joke, and I don't know if you're a fan, R.I.P. Mitch, but it's very appropriate considering we're going to talk about naming bands. But he tells the joke of how you know how on earth did they name Doubletree? And of course, I'm going to butcher it. Look it up. You know, this is you know Mitch had a very unique delivery, but you know he talks about how they must have gotten all the executives in the room, and you know somebody said. What about tree? And the other guy goes, no, double tree. And they're like, okay, that's it. Meeting adjourned. And Mitch says, I was holding out for four trees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, quite appropriate. This is the type of stuff that, you know, obviously I'm doing a lot of this with some of the developing artists that I take on managerially. This is a lot of the type of stuff that I talk about in my coaching platform um, so this is great. Once again, you know, thank you for finding something awesome for us to talk about and being able to, you know, dial in from the road. Uh, uh, this is the first time we've done that. And you know what? Congratulations, man. We're now 21. We should be doing some sort of shot or something.
1: No doubt, man. 21 straight weeks. But yeah, man. Um, I found this article. It was written by a guy named Matt Blick for his own personal website, mattblick.com, and uh, it was titled. Ten easy steps to naming your band. I thought this would be a nice change of pace, a lot of fun after you know such heavy topics as uh, the, the last double episode. And as always, we will list the link to the article and the website in the show notes. So check that out if you want to uh, dig a little deeper into uh, Matt Blick. Anyway, let's get into it. Number one, brainstorm a list of names. Write down at least 50 to 100. Write them all down, every single one, no matter how silly. Don't judge. Don't debate. The stupidest will make a cool talking point during interviews.
0: Yeah, you know, brainstorming is such a fun thing. And and when we built the office that we're currently in, we have a conference room. And I really requested we have a whiteboard wall so I can bring people in, whether it's a band or my staff or whatever it may be. And... You know, we've got a marker and we can just write wherever. But you don't have to have that. You can have a piece of paper. You can have a cell phone that you're typing notes into. But it is, you know, you just got to let things flow. And, you know, don't, like he says, don't judge. You'll revisit them later and knock out the ones that make no sense. But free association is such a fun thing to do, especially in a case like this. My
1: favorite part of this is the last part where he goes, the stupidest will make a cool talking point during interviews which is hilariously true because this will come up in interviews or whatever because even if you've already got a band that already has a name this is just the things that happen in a van or in a bus or where, you know whatever like on tour you get a bunch of dudes in one place and coming up with dumb band names is one of the things that we do to kill time so hilarious that he uh acknowledged that anyway number two Mix and match the names you have. When you can't think of any more, try taking a word from one name and adding it to another. Look for unusual juxtapositions like Soundgarden, Radiohead, or Led Zeppelin.
0: Well, real quick, RIP Chris Cornell, shout out to to Chris and anybody that was affected by that. But again, I think this is this is kind of cool. You know, take some stuff and and play with it you know especially once you get that initial list start to see like you said one word that can be paired up with another or flip-flop or or whatever kind of interesting association that you can get there
1: you know it, it's interesting right because in the uh in the day and age of, of google search right a band like tool it would be difficult for them to call themselves that now you know what i mean like now it's just like all Definitely. hey w- well, what what should we call ourselves? Let's call ourselves tool. Like that would be impossible right now or spoon or, you know, something very common like that. So I think this is a good idea where like, Hey man, like I'll think of a name and you think of a name and let's put them together. And that will be the name of the band because it'll be something that no one has thought of before and will be uniquely Google searchable. Right?
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think, you know, taking taking a step back before we take another step forward, you know, so much of what I do with, you know, my artists, and whether we're talking about the name, of course, most of them already have a name and they're not interested in changing it, though we have changed names for bands, but it's understanding just like you're saying. You know, we're in a day and age where you lead with things that That weren't led with previously you know I talk about I've got an artist that was talking about artwork and they want to do something super super simple and they were like oh well these bands in the 70s had it and I said yeah because the music you know is what led back then now you lead with so many things including your name so that's why this is so important to you know to really work through
1: yep number three change the numbers if any name contains a number try multiple versions with different numbers Joseph Heller's novel, Catch-22, was originally called Catch-18, but that's less
0: catchy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I've talked about naming bands previously, and you know, I actually have one band name that I think is the dumbest band name ever. Have you ever heard me say which one that is, or can you guess? <laughs> no. Well, it has nothing to do with numbers, but the name uh-huh. is, is Limp Bizkit, and you know to me if somebody came out now with that name and no one had heard the music i think they would just get laughed out of you know contention for for anything that they were going for and so the reason that i'm bringing this up is when he says catchy i mean Catch 18 I don't think is any less catchy than Catch 22 although there's some alliteration in 22 so maybe that's his point there but I think my point is and of course totally digressing from changing the numbers back to Limp Bizkit it's one of those that to me you know again the importance today is to come up with something where when you say your band name it it, it actually conveys something. Back then, you know, they were already, you know, they were on the radio, and that's when that name broke, and so it became a household name. And that's why, you know, nobody thinks of it as the worst name ever, even though it is.
1: Yeah yeah, I mean with the with the number names, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, my impression of the number names I always thought of as like like Blink 182. I just assume that they wanted to call their band Blink. And were already committed to it in some level whenever they realized that they wanted to be a serious band but yet there was already a band that had the trademark on Blink or something. So they're like, fuck, what are we going to do? Let's just add a number at the end. (laughs) So, I don't know if that's true but that has always been my perception.
0: Yeah, I think you're right and I don't really like number names in all honesty. Again, I think Blink-182 is one of those where we've been saying that name over and over for 20 to 25 years and they've been so popular that eventually it does just stick in your head but I think if they came out today no one had ever heard their music and they were trying to be competitive you know and get some notoriety out of the gates I don't think that name would really work as well Um, but that's you know that's just me personally
1: yeah I don't know number four google it google your band name band or your band name music or your band name lyrics If there is another active band with your name, you absolutely cannot use it. Yes, you might beat them to the punch if they haven't registered it, but what's the point? Uh, The one caveat is active band. Was the last gig mentioned on their Facebook page in 2004? Is their web presence limited to a MySpace page? You might be okay, but don't assume your namesake may be gigging like crazy but lousy at social media.
0: You know, this is simple, sort of do your research, do your homework. I mean, it is always a challenge, and it seems like, you know, I always felt like after the, the late 80s, all good movies had already been written, and then it just turned into a whole bunch of, you know, remakes and adventure stuff and um, <laughs> derivations of things. And I sort of feel the same way. I mean, almost all band names, great band names, <laughs> I feel are taken. So this is a challenge, but he's right. You got to do your homework. You got you to research that stuff
1: look uh, in terms of, um, a trademark, uh, how that works. It's even if someone doesn't have a registered trademark, if they used it before you did, they will win in it legally. Uh, and it's called first usage. You know, there was already a band Nirvana that had the first usage and I'd Pretty sure they didn't have the trademark, but, you know, whatever. They, they lost that. Um, yeah, and so.
0: just just a short note, um, Blasco nor I are actual legal experts, so we always recommend that you consult an attorney. And, in fact, I saw a good buddy of ours, Eric German, who appeared on one of our early episodes. I saw him at Rock on the Range. And, uh, you know, he said he continues to listen. So shout out to Eric. But, again, some of these things definitely you know, you gotta, you gotta make, you know, if you're going to go for the trademark aspect of it or try to fight that, you know, you got to have somebody who actually knows the stuff, not saying Blasco doesn't, but.
1: And also too, in terms of finding a name, like preferably, right. You want to get the URL straight up.com, right. You want to get the same name as your youtube channel azure instagram azure twitter right like there's there's a band that um i recently started working with and they they have the name there was no you know there nothing popped up in in trademark search you know search on uspto um they were able to get their band name specifically dot com the the url at instagram at Twitter you know what I mean everything all the same super clean like it annoys me whenever you've got the band name that's like a org and then it's like it's that band name official is the is the Instagram and then the Twitter is the band name underscore OF or something yeah. like it's like it drives me fucking crazy whenever it, it's not consistent. Totally. That's just my personal no, I, I,
0: you know, of course, some of that stuff is unavoidable. But you're right. If you can, if you can find something where all of that stuff is available, you're you're in really good shape. I mean, you know, Darkest Hour is a hilarious one because you know they were around for a while. Somebody grabbed the .com. I think it was when a movie came out. So for a minute we were like a .cc, which was hilarious. And now I think it's .info. But you're right. I mean, if you can get all those things, you know, that's the holy grail there. Yep.
1: Moving on. Does it mean something bad? Does your name have nasty or unfortunate connotations? Think about it and ask lots of other people. Check Urban Dictionary and a regular dictionary as well. If you have a multi-word name, try typing it without spaces, as in yourbandname.com. Sometimes a perfectly inoffensive name can create a terrible URL like penisland.net. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's hilarious. As we're looking at this, you know, Penn Island, just spell it out and you get uh, penis land, which is pretty hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, this is this is great advice. You know, some of this stuff I wouldn't have thought of. That's that's a really good one right there. Yep. Next one.
1: Is it a song title? More specifically, is it a song by a band that you are heavily influenced by? Then don't just don't don't do it. Nothing marks you out more clearly as a slavishly unimaginative copycat.
0: Brutal. He's taken a technique of mine and just saying, put it in the garbage. Um, in fact, when I renamed a band that that is on our label that I was managing, um, we renamed them. Their name when they came to me was Us, comma from outside. And there was a trend for a while, you know, six or eight years ago, where bands were doing you know some word and then a comma or two words and then a comma and I just was like I'm not quite sure what this is but that is not a good name so let's rename you and um yeah we went through I told him I said look pick some of your favorite bands go look at their album titles look at their song titles look at their lyrics and is there something that you know you can derive inspiration from and we ended up settling on the name Chasing Safety which I thought was a pretty good name, but it came from the under oath album and we're only chasing safety. So he calls me out there, but I I felt like it worked pretty well in that case.
1: Yeah. I mean, Hey, look, God smack is a Allison chain song, isn't it?
0: I think it is, but um, yeah.
1: (laughs) So I'm just, I'm just saying that, that it can work, right? Because, Clearly, that's where those guys got their influence from, as well as their band name. But they just headlined a festival that we played. So there's a balance.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And again, I mean, the reason that we go through these things is we do think it's good advice, but... Uh, we might have a, a differing opinion. Most of the stuff that he's he's coming up with here I think is great, but simultaneously, I I think it's okay to kind of wear your influences on your sleeve sometimes, but I do get that, you know, if the band sounded exactly like Under Oath, it might be a little awkward.
1: Yep. Next one. Can everyone spell it? Think carefully about this. Is it something that people are going to have trouble spelling or remembering? The only exception would be spelling your name wrong to help people get it right. Led Zeppelin went with the LED spelling to prevent people from saying lead as in lead guitar.
0: Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's a band on our label who who I love and their name is Megosh and it's spelled M E G O S H and I don't know if you if I said that word, you would know exactly how to spell it, and so many people mispronounce it. you know they call it Magosh or Magosh or you know something else. and so you know again, in this day and age, it is a developing artist, and as we're getting their name out there, you know it is a little challenging for people to know exactly what it is, and you know when we're looking at word of mouth and wanting people to be able to easily you know pronounce your name. I I think, you know, or spell it like he's saying, I think that's sound advice.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that I never even put this Led Zeppelin thing together that, but with, with keeping the A in there that we could, that there could be a group of people that refer to them as lead Zeppelin.
0: And again, that sort of goes back to, they were born in a different age and, and of course they did it right in some senses, but that's just such a household name to all of us you know that that love music and just really the general public that it's interesting that we can pull that out of there but you know simultaneously they were just they this was named and and spelled at a different time so some of these rules would be different even today
1: yeah and look i suppose that there's an advantage and a disadvantage to some uh, you know fancy weird name on one hand you, 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 people won't know how to spell it. They won't know how to pronounce it. But on the other hand, if you've got something kind of unique like that, chances are talking about a previous item here is that you're going to be able to get the URL. You're going to be get be, be able to get the uh, you know the uh, the the uh, social media names. You know what I mean? Potentially uh, might be might be a little easier road on that hand. Um, but be a little bit more difficult in terms of uh, you know g- educating people as to uh,
0: who you are. Yeah. Um, well, let me let me chime in one more, more thing on yeah. like that. I mean, I think you know it's so interesting most people that are listening to this probably especially if they're in a band their band already has a name you know (laughs) like (laughs) but but maybe not and so I think it is you know like I talk about exceptions and the rule uh, oftentimes when I'm you know developing an artist or talking about education and you know like you said it could be cool to have this weird name but I think in here we're talking about kind of you know the rule and and so he's talking about playing it a little a little safe but if you're in a great band with great music that's going to take off which that's the exception <laughs> that's when you can have one of those weird names and you're not really trumped up by some of these other things that he's talking about to me
1: for sure don't pick a name that sound like a completely different genre one day a hundred very unhappy very drunk thrash metal fans will show up to watch your folk trio play the local art gallery. Your ironic name won't seem so funny then.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean that, you know, I, it, yeah, you do have to think of like what kind of, you know, connotation your name gives off. I mean, you know, a band that, that I work with that I love and is coming out with their, their second album in the fall tooth grinder. Um, you know, we, we had a long, hard talk about what that name you know, conveyed is it sound like you know uh, a grindcore band or something that's a little too heavy for maybe what they were doing? Inevitably, you know, we ended up sticking with it and thought it could work, but it was at least worth a discussion um, to have that. That's a fucking cool name. All right, more power. Yeah. To, yeah, it is a cool name, you know. But we just wanted to make sure that the first, um, you know, the first impression on it wasn't, like I said, just you know, deathcore or, or you know, grindcore or something like that. I
1: mean, to to you know, to me, if you're gonna name your band, Tooth Grinder, like I i'm not necessarily thinking that you're a grindcore band but i know that you're not a folk trio you know um like i I think that you are in the heavy metal hard rock category for sure
0: yep and i think that was our argument in the end was it was gonna you know stick in a place that we felt very comfortable sitting but yeah i mean i i'm trying to think of an example of a band that's you know kind of kind of really misnamed but I'm, i'm drawing a blank you got any at the at the tip of your tongue
1: No, but, you know, I'm sure there's many. But, you know, man, at the end of the day, you know, a name like Limp Biscuit or Def Leppard or something that sounds funny now when you think about it, but you've really only ever associated it with the the music. And um, so the name kind of becomes irrelevant if the music kicks ass.
0: Yeah, great point. I know for a fact that, Deftones was passed on at some point because somebody thought that their name, you know, kind of like gave off too much of like a ska reference, um, Mm. you know, way back in the day. And again, now you say Deftones, everybody knows exactly what that is and what it sounds like, but you know, it's just funny to, to, to think about those things. Uh, last one, live with it.
1: Once you've got it, stick with it and get on with the real business of making music. If you do a good job with that, the music itself will come to define what that name means, not the other way around.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we've been kind of talking about each step of the way here. And, you know, no no truer words can be spoken. And what I will say is, you know, there are a lot of things that have to lead up to people wanting to hear your music. Um, so take note of those other things, make sure you have a great name and then just crush it with the music. Yes.
1: Well, folks, that concludes episode 21. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. Because, hey, people, we do the show for you. Consider it a tool for understanding this ever-so-challenging and confusing business of music. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts?
0: Just, you know, happy to turn 21 with you. This has been uh, an honor to do, and I'm looking forward to uh, at least 21 more. Like I say each and every week, Find us on wherever you listen to your podcasts, and feel free to rate and review us or tell a friend. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and until next week, that's what I got. Thanks, everybody. Too Old to Date. It is the first ever scripted comedy podcast to take you on a journey through the world of dating apps. Every Monday, follow Mike and Brad and a huge cast of borderline hopeless daters as they deal with the highs and lows of looking for love, sex, and just someone to tell them they have a nice face. iTunes reviews have called Too Old to Date hilarious, cringeworthy, horrifyingly relatable, and a lousy waste of time by a woman who Brad met once-on-a-dating app so head to too old to date or search for too old to date on your favorite podcast app this is the Jabberjaw podcast network
1: hello Tom May here host of future Friday I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band the Menzingers where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people so I started a podcast